to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks on 2SER. Hong Kong. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> I don't know why I find it hilarious every single time and then also simultaneously don't prepare myself for it. <laughs> so it always just takes me aback when I forget how infatuated you are by those goose hogs. I love geese. It is a weird love, but I love geese. They have, I feel like they're friendlier than swans. This is... <laughs> Welcome to Sophie's TED Talk. <laughs> Geese over swans. <laughs> Definitely. But this is Gaggle of Geeks, where we do not actually talk about geese, <laughs> but we talk about geek and pop culture. My name's Sophie. My name's Tali. And it's been an interesting week. It really has. You went and saw Venom last night. I did. So I'm very excited to hear your review of it. Yeah. Because I think last time we were just we went down a rabbit hole laughing about Tom Hardy's tongue. So I, <laughs> I'm interested to see your thoughts on the movie that had a lot of tongue action going on. All the tongue. Well, it's being panned critically everywhere. Everywhere. I feel you're about to say but. But <laughs> I had such a good time watching it. What does that say of you, Sophie? I think people take themselves too seriously. Yes. Because, so, if you're not familiar with the character of Venom, um, he's a bit of a Spider-Man um, villain slash anti-hero. So, from the Spider universe, a journalist called Eddie Brock, he gets infected by this symbiote known as Venom after an investigation goes a bit astray, which then, you know, kind of prompts the next series of events as he, because he's investigating the Life Foundation, which is headed by Carlton Drake, a dodgy businessman. Yes. Of course. They're always dodgy. Always if they work in business, they're dodgy. It's a given. So dodgy, especially in superhero <laughs> movies. Um, so he's played by Riz Ahmed, who you might yep. know from The Night Of and Rogue One. Uh-huh. And he's investigating his dodgy things, but when he gets infected by the symbiote, they're like, all right, let's take him down together kind of thing. <laughs> let's work as a team. Let's work as a team. So, you know, it does sound a bit silly when you think about that Tom Hardy's been taken over by a symbiote with a giant tongue. <laughs> I think it's the tongue that just runs it into frivolousness. And, you know, people calling it cheesy. I'm like, yeah, it's cheesy. Have you heard the damn concept? So you go with it. And it yeah. is so much fun. It was a lot funnier than I expected. Mm. Um when he finally bonds with Venom, um, they have a lot of like this Jekyll and Hyde moments because he's like, who's talking to me? Who are you? <laughs> kind of things. And he's literally just walking through San Francisco, like talking yeah. to himself. And you're like, oh, dear. <laughs> and this is the thing is like Tom Hardy is a really great comedic actor. He's got fantastic timing. Comedic yeah. timing. Mm. And it's there are like these really funny moments and where he'll be like talking to Venom and and Venom is played by him of course so of course he's putting on another voice because Tom Hardy never speaks in his normal voice. <laughs> I know his poor accent which is actually beautiful. He's got a beautiful accent. But there are times when he does interviews that you're like oh is that what you sound like? I totally forgot about yeah. that. But he's putting on this funny voice again and he's just like but I am loser like you and you're like oh my god. <laughs> it is 
It is those little moments. Um, but yeah, the casting is fantastic. So it's got Tom Hardy, Riz mm. Ahmed, and Michelle Williams, like all yep. award winning like yep. actors. Yeah. And they're just having fun in this movie. Which is nice. Which you really feel. So do you think it's a mindset kind of thing going into it? So if you go in there mm. going, this is very serious, everything is very, very serious, then of course you're going to laugh at the, the, like the giant tongue. Or do you have to go in there with a mindset of, I'm just going to indulge in some escapism, have a few laughs along the yeah. way, and then you might enjoy it more. Well, I have I have very low expectations coming in because... <laughs> maybe that's the secret. Lower maybe. Because the trailer, when it came out, it's... And, like, I don't think they had, like, um, finished up all their special effects yet because yeah. it looked like it comes straight out of, like, the two, early 2000s uh, and, like, yeah. graphics and stuff. You're like, oh, this is a bit old school. <laughs> don't know what's going on here. This looks like it's going to be awful. And then you watch it and you just, like, kind of immerse yourself in it and you just yeah. kind of go along. You're like, all right, I'll, I'll just never mind those pop points. <laughs> I am here for this. I am here for this because, like, I was giggling, like, every, like, five minutes in my seat. Um, during like those Venom uh, Eddie Brock moments, mm-hmm. um, Michelle Williams plays his ex partner Annie, and she's really good as well. <laughs> Although they have a terrible wig on her, and I'm like, why did you oh, do that? I hate that when you get. Distracted. I didn't recognize her at first because the wig was so awful. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is it her? No, is yeah. it? Oh, it's a wig. <laughs> Which is so upsetting when that happens because mm. it totally takes you out of the movie yeah. while you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But she's really great and she has a little fun bonding moment there as well. Um, and, yeah, Riz Ahmed, he's like, he is fantastic as like this very manipulative but yep. like in a cultish way. Oh. Um. So... When he's trying to like get people on his side, he'll like talk to them very softly and very oh, soothingly, and then yeah. snap, and you're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> That's how they get you. Yeah. They lull you into they a sense you, of yeah, yeah of comfort, exactly. and then once you're sucked in mm. and you've already like drank the Kool Aid, then you're flip, done. You're it's done. Over. <laughs> um, like pacing wise, it was pretty decent for the most part, and then at the yeah. end, it was a little choppy when you got to like the final fight scene. So I think they kind of cut a lot out. Yes, <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, that was short. probably running too long, just a bit too long. But I didn't think it was that long. Like I wasn't bored like I was in like you know Superman, uh, Superman v Bat- v Batman because that just took so so yep. long. I was like, this okay. fight scene is literally like half an hour. <laughs> they shot it in real time. Exactly. <laughs> it, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Um. And the graphics are gorgeous <laughs> once they put a little more shinier spin onto it. Um, the other thing is it's got two post-credit scenes. So one, yep. and they're both quite fun. So do stay behind for the post-credit scenes. Um, if you're inclined to my dorkish humour and you do want to see this good load of cheese. Um, so the first one is related to the film yep. itself. While the second one, which you have to wait for a little, quite a while for, um, it's actually a snippet of the new Into the Spider-Verse animated film that's coming out in December. Oh, yeah. So that one is kind of a sneak preview where you kind of see, where you see Miles Morales um, as Spider-Man. Oh. So he was um, an African-American Tinks kid, I, I do believe. He's in the comics. Um, he kind of took the helm of Spider-Man after Peter Parker le- allegedly passes away. Um he was very popular. So in the beginning, when his character was first introduced, people yep. really wanted um, Donald Glover yes. to be yep. him. And yep. there was that whole campaign of make Donald Glover yep. Spider-Man, if you, don't, if you remember yep. from a few years back. And was that then they waited too long and then he 
Well, he got, got too old. old. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah. I'm doing, I'm a grizzly and looking all <laughs> fan and, you know, <laughs> my community. He like, wasn't Troy. days he, are over. He wasn't Troy and Arbed anymore. Yeah. He yeah. was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was moving on to Atlanta. He was Atlanta, yeah. He was at Atlanta yeah. stage. So they did put him in the Spider-Man movie Homecoming. Yeah. Where he played, he was. If you remember in the Spider-Man movie, he kind of shuffles in a bit um, to talk to Spidey in a car park. Um, yeah. He's, he actually, that character is actually the uncle of Miles Morales. Oh. So that was a little nudge yeah. to that. A little of, link. Yeah. It's kind of also saying, hey, we stuffed up, but you actually had a good idea and we should have listened to you. <laughs> yeah. So we'll still put it in the gene tree, but yeah. obviously he can't play a younger person anymore. No. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Next time we'll yeah. listen to you. But for me, yeah, Venom was a lot of fun. Like, yeah. you'll, I thought it would be just be like, this is lame, but I was laughing. Yeah. Were other people in the cinema also laughing? I could hear a few giggles here and yeah. there. It wasn't yeah. like laugh out loud, like Deadpool, but it was yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> good one. Good dad joke. Yes. <laughs> nice. And it, I feel like I've been just chatting to a lot of people who also enjoyed it, but like, why is everyone telling us off for liking it? We liked it. <laughs> like, we are a club of Venom likers. <laughs> You can have your own support group. Yeah. It's like I went and saw Venom and I liked it. Well, that and not to mention like Tom Hardy promoting. It has oh been so much joy. He's, he's not delight. talking much about the film itself. Yeah. And I think it's like he's like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. What it is. And I think that this is what going back to him being a great comedic actor mm. is that he sometimes plays really serious roles and you forget like how funny he is. And then in some of the interviews, one – I want to say that the idea of the interviews being pitched to him to be like, hey, I know you're doing like the Venom media rounds at the moment, but how about instead of talking about the film and, you know, acting and rah, 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 what about if you just answer some kids' questions? And he- That was a BBC radio yes. interview. Yeah, which was hilarious because kids are just... Like, watch it if you can. Like, the guys, like, the interview's like, well, I'm going to step back and not do my job because we got a bunch of kids to ask you the hard questions yeah. instead. And it was adorable. I think one girl starts naming all her favourite princesses and then which she ones have so- favourite and they're like, what's going on? And she's finally, she's like, what's your favourite princess, Tom? What I loved about oh, that, beautiful. and we were talking about it before, is she's like, I've got five favourite princesses. So it's literally like a little child and it's their child's voice. So it's not even the interviewer saying, hey, mm. eight-year-old Eliza says this. She's like, my name's Eliza and I have five favourite princesses. Cinderella, Snow White, Moana. She's my favourite. I then, love Moana. <laughs> and then she lists like eight other princesses. So Tom Hardy and the interviewer are like, what happened to Vibe? Like just doing the hand signal of like something's going Mm. on. But then he also gets like, Tom Hardy gets deeply profound in some of his answers that you forget. Like it goes from like funny cute to, oh my God, he's so wise. Look at at him go. So wise. And Mm. one kid's like, I sometimes like doing naughty things and I get in trouble. What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? He just like laughs. He's like, look it up when you're older. And that's a funny, it was either that interview with the kids or it was the one with the dogs that Mm. he did for like obviously some kind of animal rescue shelter, which was I'll talk, I'll answer questions while also playing with dogs and then obviously get distracted and then just play with the dogs. Because one of the questions were, have you ever been in the dog house? And he was just like, 
Yes. Yes. Multiple times. <laughs> we don't, again, don't need to go into detail. It was just, yep, let's just say let's that's just, what's going on yeah. and that's what's happening. Oh, those dog ones were adorable because oh. the dogs wouldn't look at the camera and he kept trying to make them look at the camera. He's like, look at the camera so someone can adopt you. I know. <laughs> I was just, as I was watching it, I was, I was thinking I would not be surprised if he just walked away from set with one of those dogs because the interaction was just, it was beautiful. So beautiful. Bless your heart, Tom Hardy. We love you very much. Never change, Tom Hardy. Never change. And honestly, if you don't want, if you think the movie's going to be terrible, just go to watch like, you know, an hour and 45 minutes of Tom Hardy. Exactly. What more do you want? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, there are worse views to look at. I know. (laughs) Like Batman v Superman. <laughs> I feel like we need to take you to therapy for your grudge of Batman v uh, Superman. It's because I fight over with Blake about it all the uh, time because it's one of his favourite movies and oh, I fall what? asleep in the oh, middle no. of the time. <laughs> Sorry, Blake. <laughs> so, yeah, Blake's just like arm um, ringing in right now, Sophie. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> if you're familiar with this podcast, you've heard about our gripes many, many times. Go back and listen to those episodes. <laughs> yeah. But another thing that's kind of developed this week is... Um, like, of course, in Australia, every time Game of Thrones comes out, our pirating goes through the roof. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> naturally, because no one can be bothered subscribing to Foxtel well, and their terrible service. Yeah. This is the thing. If you're going to put a monopoly on things, especially mm. like with Game of Thrones, because you only want one TV show, you don't necessarily want to have to pay for all the other channels. You're kind of... you're kind of giving people no choice, especially Mm. with the popularity of other things like Netflix, Stan, all your other streaming services, that people go, oh, I'm not going to then get a Foxtel subscription as well. And, you know, Foxtel did try their best this time around by introducing that digital only where you can get Game of Thrones for however long it runs for and then you can quit it. But, and it was only $20. But it crashed the first when the ooh. first app came out. <laughs> See, and this is the thing that people always do. And it was like Optus with the World Cup with yeah. soccer. It's the same thing is that the premise is great yep. that they go, hey, we're going to offer you this service. Mm. But they don't have the technology to back it up. So mm-hmm. I think that that's where people go, I can, I can illegally pirate this. And I one, it doesn't cost me anything. And two, I know it's going to be there when I want to watch it. So yeah. So this is the thing, like when Netflix kind of came in, all your Hulus and on this side of the world, your stands yep. and all of that came through and SBS upped their game. Yeah. People were like not torrenting as much. They went down illegally yep. pirating. Uh, pirating? Pi- pirating. <laughs> Am I making your words again? Sounds like gyrating, but for pirates. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, illegally obtaining content. Yeah. Um, because they were like, oh, this is a service that I can pay for and I can get heaps of content. Yeah. But... They've seen an actual, like, so you saw, you know, torrenting go down considerably, but now it's actually going back up. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Because now there are too many services. It makes sense. Because there are so many, and especially when you get a TV show Mm. or something that is exclusive to a particular platform, Mm. you do have to go, oh, well, that's some more money that I'm going to fork out to do that. And especially with Disney going to take all their stuff. So that's another platform that people are preparing yeah, for. Yeah, so and they're going to pull a lot of their stuff yeah. off Netflix. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, I have to pay anyway, for Disney as well. And this is the thing is like people's disposable income, they might just put aside like $20 a month for entertainment or something like mm. that, which is their streaming services. And 
the fact that there are so many out there at the moment, people just literally can't afford it. So No, they literally have to pick and choose what they want, but they also don't want to miss out. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing too, is that they don't want to miss out. So I think that these, obviously, these platforms are thinking people will pay to come and see this on here, but it's obviously not doing what people want it to, like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's the money thing. It's the money. Because Either make it cheaper or, like, I know a because lot of... Because it's like, oh, it's so cheap. It's only $10 or whatever, like yeah. 10 to $15. But it's like, yeah, but once you have... Add that with all the rest of Add that of with, them. like, five different services and yeah. your Spotify. Yep. It's just, that's like, you know, that's nearly close to $100 you're taking out of your budget yep. every month. Yep. And then, like, getting rid of one of those or choosing not to would be like choosing children. It is. Because you're like, like, what do I'm, I watch more? But at yeah. the same time, I know that new exclusive content's only coming to that platform yeah. and I really want to watch that. Yeah. So yeah. what do you choose? Exactly. So I totally understand and I'm not surprised by people. And that's the thing. And the fact that, like, torrenting went down mm. shows that people want to do the right thing. They, they do. do want to pay for it. But if it gets too much and it is just... It's yeah beyond their control. It's just like saturation again yeah. of like, you want this service, everyone's going to offer you this yeah. service. And it's like, come on, you come to us yeah. now. And yeah. it's like, where do I go? I don't know where to go. So you go, I'll go where it's free. The end. Yeah. yeah. And, potential. and that's the other thing too, is like... I know pirating is bad and I know that, you know, that commercial where it's like, you wouldn't download a car. Oh my God. You wouldn't do this. You, you wouldn't, wouldn't steal, steal a car. car. You wouldn't yeah. steal a TV. <laughs> but the reality is. Best, is like, like VCR. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is I think most people on the street don't actually see real life consequences for pirating something off the internet. Mm. It's not as if like there's a huge crackdown. The moment that you do it, you're fined or you're sent to jail or anything like that. So in terms of like because there was at some stage when before the Dallas, all this yeah when yeah. all the streamings before all the streaming service became very popular, they were starting to like crack down, yeah. put people on blacklist, yeah. and yeah. bring them to court yeah. for like copyright infringement. Yeah. But it doesn't like from where I sit, like mm-hmm. I don't actually believe that someone's going to come after me. No. When I do it. And I think that that's the thing. I think, as I was at, like the Dallas Buyers Club, that stroke mm. a little bit of fear into people because they were like, oh, my God, did I download that? Am I going to get in trouble? But then there hasn't been, yeah, unless there's a high-profile case where someone's like, mm. you're going to get 20 to life because you downloaded <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah. And because a lot of, like, these films and TV shows have such massive budgets. Yeah, exactly. People are like, you've got the money. Yes. What's what? What is one singular person? Yeah, going to make a difference. difference? Yeah, yeah. It is so true. It is so true. It'll be interesting to see if it keeps going up, especially when well, Disney the, pulls their thing. When like Disney pulls how their high thing. it will keep going before mm. they like they go. Actually, this is a problem, and we Ooh, need to yeah. reassess our model because it's like, are we at are we at that br- at that point now where people yeah. are like, screw it all? Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> be? Well, and that's the thing. And this is what's so funny is like. These shows, they need audiences. Mm. So make That's it why easy. They get cancelled. <laughs> and then someone's like, Hulu, yeah. anyone, can someone please save this show? <laughs> like it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting world we live in. It is. Oh. But hey, yeah. at least we have Netflix. <laughs> yes. And Ivy and uh, SBS On Demand. Exactly. Exactly. And stand for all your drag pool. <laughs> yeah. You just need to do a lot drag of family race. plans. Drag pool. Drag pool. <laughs> RuPaul's drag race. Oh, dear. You're, you're on fire today, so. 
that with your pie rating? My pie rating. You said pie rating, didn't you, as well? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what is going on? What is going on? Uh, who even knows? Yes. Yeah, so we'll see. But speaking of Disney. Yes. Star Wars. Star Wars. Two bits of Star Wars. Mm. Well, I'm sure there's always like 12,000 bits of Star Wars news. So but many. Two. One was a research paper that yeah. had come out about trolling of Ryan Johnson. Yes. yes. So The Last Jedi had a lot of fans divided because yeah. a lot of them were like, like, why are you trying to push diversity? <laughs> why are you doing all these females? Like, this is not Star Wars. <laughs> that is my impression of them. That reenactment was real, so I think. <laughs> what skills? What skills? Um, and, you know, they've been like, you know, kind of crowdfunding to remake it and do yeah. all this silly stuff. Yeah. Um, and But then, like, this research paper kind of came out saying, oh, no, like, half the negative criticisms of um, The Last Jedi was actually bots. Yeah. So, like little on Twitter that's like they're not actually human Mm. but it's just generated they just keep feeding Mm. it and therefore it seems like they were trolling it and you know whatnot and so a lot of people did come out and the researcher who was involved he did us like the way that he conducted the research is he went through Ryan Johnson's tweets and the ones that were directly added at him and then went through and then looked at them to be like, is this a human? Is this this? Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it neutral? And analysed those interactions and that's where he said that there were a lot of bots that were coming out and doing this. But the research was very flawed. Yes. In itself because... He was only following doing Ryan Johnson, yep. who also did a purge of his Twitter earlier this year. Yes. Yeah. So yep. it would have gotten rid of a lot of comments. But I did like where Ryan Johnson came out like in support of the research and it was like, yeah, that's been my experience. And it's like, of course it has. It's it was literally your, your, your account. <laughs> it's your account. Um, but it was only Ryan Johnson who's he's got a moderate following. Yeah. But the other people who were tweeting about, of course, is Mark Hamill. Yeah. Who was like triple, quadruple the amount yep. of followers. Yes. Yeah. So would have made more sense. Or, or if he kind of did everyone and it's hard because like, you know, Kelly Marie Tran shut yep. down her social account. So exactly. it's not like he's got the data there either. Yeah. To say how many of these people who were abusing her were bots. Yeah. So because that is what would have been interesting. Mm. Because I feel that if it had been all people, yep. it would have totally changed. It would, t- would have totally changed the research and everything like that. Yeah. Mm. Because if it's actual people or bots attacking her, that would yep. have been much more yes. interesting. Because, yep. you yep. know, she and Daisy Ridley were driven off social media because of these people. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. It's flawed. And so it turns out not as many bots as you probably think. It's probably just but then there's assholes also, on the internet. <laughs> yeah. There's also the people who are programming the bots to do what they're doing as well. Mm. So it is still at some stage humans mm. being trash. Yeah. Garbage fires of people <laughs> and having a platform to be the worst. Mm. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting times. Interesting times. So yeah, don't get too overexcited. <laughs> that, oh my God, they're all bots. Like the, the film is great. I mean, the film is great, but yeah. it wasn't all bots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but just announced today, though, some pretty exciting news from the Star Wars aside. There's a new live action series. Um, 
to be streamed, so I'm guessing it will go on that Disney platform. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but production, they've just put out an in-production announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, so the series is called The Mandalorian. Ooh. And they've put out a first image. It won't follow the stories of Jango and Boba Fett. I think it's the same species. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. um, John Favreau, who yes. is um, li- director. So is he like the main dude? Yeah, I think he's going to be the series showrunner for it. Or yeah. yeah. So yeah. John Favreau, who you might know from Iron Man. Yes. So he'll he, be doing because he t- um, put up a post on Instagram, mm-hmm. which is where this is all coming from, and people getting excited. Mm. And he said, after the stories of Django and Boba Fett. Another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. So it kind of sounds like a mm. Western, <laughs> like in a... I mean, Star Wars shooter, is a Western. But in its... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it sounds like a very much like, yeah, you know... I mean, but there won't be any tumbleweeds like just <laughs> floating around space. But in the know. same sense, it does have Tatooine. That. It might be. Um, so, but apart from that first image of a guy that looks remarkably like Boba Fett and Jango Fett, <laughs> they've also listed all the directors. Yes. So, get set, everyone. So you've got Dave Filoni who directed the animated series, The Clone Wars, and Rebels. Rebels is fantastic. Do mm-hmm. watch it. So he's doing the first episode and then other episodes include Deborah Chow from Jessica Jones. Yes. Rick Thamuyiya uh, from Dope. Bryce Dallas Howard. What? The Bryce Dallas Howard. And drumroll. Taika Waititi. Everyone's favourite Taika Waititi. <laughs> Play it. I'm sorry I'm not J.J. Abrams. They say, oh, Taika, we wish we called you J.J. Abrams. Well, J.J. Abrams did make the comeback to Star Wars, so, you know, Taika. But Taika did, because Taika's great. Taika Everything will that be J.J. Abrams soon. <laughs> There's always just a buzz when Taika Waititi is involved in anything, because you just I go, know. this is going to be epic. I'm just like, I just want his episode. Yeah. Just his episode. Forget the rest. No, that's not true. But, you know, and it's really funny because he's got such a distinctive way of about him so mm. it'll be very easy to tell but then it's the idea of will it fit in with everything else that goes around but then you're like I don't care it's Tiger. I mean they do it all the time when they get guest directors in like you know when you get Joss Whedon coming in to yeah. direct Glee you're like oh yeah yeah this is this is pretty obvious <laughs> what's going pretty on pretty obvious yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean there's no like vampires running around or like you yeah. know space gunfights but you know still getting the vibe same vibe so yeah Tyker's definitely got a signature style so Mm -hmm. you can totally tell the other thing that was interesting about this is the making star wars website is also um well it's not a rumor well it is a rumor because it hasn't been confirmed but they're saying that pedro pascal um from game of thrones yeah is going to be the main role in this new show well that's the rumor they're normally pretty good oh pedro (laughs) He yeah. is so fun, though. Well, and so this is the thing, and it's one of those. It's good in the building of the hype. Mm. So, and this this making Star Wars website is normally pretty like spot on. Mm. So, I feel that they would be saying that with some confidence behind it. So we'll just have to wait and see. I don't think there's been a release date of when this will come out. Or no, like, no, they're just nah. in production now. So yeah. it's probably yeah. just very first little 
bits and bobs coming together. A little snippet. A little snippet. And a little say. On set. <laughs> a little tease. Tease. Stop. A little tease. Stop teasing. <laughs> Such. But it's been good news for Taika Waititi this week because yeah. Wellington Paranormal season two. Of course it has. Because it's funny. It so, is amazing. <laughs> well done to them. And I think more episodes, if I remember correctly. Like the first one was only six or something like that. Yes, yeah, so the series one was six episodes. Yeah. And I think that this one, I dare even say 13. <gasps> yeah. Oh, they've doubled Wait, did the, I make that up? They've doubled the I episode. do remember th- it's definitely double figures. Ooh. So it's going to be amazing because, yeah, Cops, Minogue and O'Leary are just so hilarious. And it is that pan kills me. Oh, my goodness. It, it really is. And it's one and of And if those, you want cheese, that's where to go. That's where to go. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things that the formula could get very, like, boring or mm-hmm. tiresome in the set – In like in the set that they are totally inept cops mm. <laughs> investigating paranormal activity and also you like might watch it and go how have they not been removed from like this investigation yet because they are so daft that they miss some very obvious things happening around them yeah but then at the same time it's just hilarious just how they play it where all the storylines go. go and but then also like the rest how also inept the rest of the police yeah, force exactly. is so it's like actually they might be the best they've got and then when you go and then you kind of go onto social media and you read the comments it's like you see all the kiwis come out in full force going this is like this is true to perfection (laughs) you're like they're that friendly or they're that inept (laughs) or they're both (laughs) but yes it is a delight and Mm. i'm really excited for it i know because i was like Thursday, new Wellington Paranormal Day. And you were like, what are you talking about? The series is over. I was like, what? Like six steps only. And I'm like, no. I know. It's Yeah, they have to- they did well in terms of mm. they totally sucked you in to be like, a, ooh, live it. Well, because it. the finale, it didn't feel like a finale. Well, and that's. It yeah. was just like another episode. I was like, great, more to come. <laughs> I was like, no, that was the finale. You're like, I don't want to wait. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very what. Um, Oh, I just totally forgot that song. Do you know this? Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I don't want to wait. We're all Dawson Creeking, singing it and being like, yes, I don't want to wait. It's so true. Oh, man. What has happened? What has happened? So speaking, we're excited for yeah, that. Yeah. Speaking of dorky theme songs. I was about to say, speaking of paranormal activity or vampire, let's just talk about all the things. All the things and soap opera romance. <laughs> Twilight. Twilight is back in the headlines, even though it was done 10 years ago. This is what I love about this is just like, it feels like every couple of weeks, Catherine Hardwick or someone from the Twilight world (laughs) just drops this truth nugget to be like, hey, remember a decade ago when Twilight was popular? This is what really happened. And we eat it up because it was so like iconic in our formative years. It's iconic. And it's also like, it was pop culture. And yes. you dominated pop culture. Oh my goodness, yes. For so long. So long. And so the news this week, well, there are two two things. Two course, things first. Of course. Like you're going to drop so she dropped, she dropped two. two <laughs> drop, <laughs> drop multiple drop truth them all. So the first one was that Catherine Hardwick wanted a more diverse cast when she was casting for Twilight and mm. especially for the Cullen family because 
the general joke is that they, she, well, Stephanie Meyer, the original writer of the Twilight series, she was always like, they're pale and they glisten, like the vampire family, the Cullen family. Yep. Whereas Catherine Hardwick was like this big push for diversity and so had said, hey, Stephanie, this is who I want to cast. And Stephanie's like, no. No. They have to be white. They have, have to be, be translucent. They have to sparkle. Pale and sparkly. And she was like, uh, come no. on, this is it where everyone's moving. Steph's like, no, 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 can't be done. Can't be done. This is what yeah. I have in my head and this yeah. is what you must do. Yeah. So what Catherine Hardwick wanted is because she wanted one of the adopted siblings of Edward. Yeah. Alice Cullen. Alice Cullen to actually be Asian, like yes. Japanese. I'm like, yeah, they're pale. <laughs> and this is the thing is that it totally makes sense because mm. they're not a family in terms of blood relation to begin with. No. It's literally they've just been turned into vampires at various states by Papa Vampire. Mm. Um, so that's not to say that he was just picking white people to save and turn into no. vampires because he did save all of them technically. Yeah. Like he didn't want to bite them and make them but turn they would into die. a vampire. Exactly. So. so it's not to say that it's not implausible for that no. to have happened. No, of course not. And like, you know, as they're doing this through middle America, wherever they yep. were living, like Asian migration Absolutely. has been there for years yep. and years. Yeah. And also I was like, Nikki Reed's also brown. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's what I was just like, what is going on? We snuck yep. one in. Why yep. not everyone else? <laughs> and the other thing too, is it set up a real dichotomy against the werewolves and Jacob Black because they were all Native American. So obviously- Bar Taylor Lautner yeah. has got like very dubious, like- <laughs> Very distant on his mother's side, I believe it was. So One sixteenth yeah. is how he called it. Yeah. You're like, oh, you did the fraction. <laughs> it's therefore not enough. It's like this freckle here. Yeah. That's my Native American You did lineage. the fractioning. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it would have been more interesting to see what yeah, that because, would have looked like. Yeah, because it really did put like people of colour against yeah. white people. And you're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but, you know, when Stephanie wrote it, she she's from a Mormon family. Yeah, so, so she obviously did have a vision. And she the, had a vision yeah. of the people around her. Yeah, yeah. And she probably wasn't exposed to many. Yeah diverse communities. And she did say that that was one of the reasons is that because she wrote these characters with very specific people in mind. Mm. So therefore wasn't actually that flexible in the casting because she was like, no, that is my sister who is white. I can't see that person as anyone else. Yeah. Than that person. At the same time, you're like, you are not the filmmaker. Exactly. Let go of the reins. Yeah. And see where this could go. Exactly. When yeah, when you sell the rights to your book to make it into a film, there is a certain level where you can like Kevin Kwan. Yeah. Or props no, to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or props to him because they would have done yeah. horrible things too. Well, I think the difference is is like yeah. that crazy rich Asians is supposed to have Asians in it. And all Asians. Like yeah. it's just supposed to happen. That makes sense. Yeah. But in uh like, you know, the fictitious world of vampires, I don't, yeah. I but it, this is comes back to this whole Star Wars thing where people are like, you can't have girl heroes, you can't have Asian girl heroes, and you can't have black so dude true. heroes. And you're like, yeah, you so can true. accept like 20 million different aliens, but you can't yeah. accept people of colour <laughs> in the human roles. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Sort yourself out. Yeah, Sort yourself out. Yeah. What is going on? Um, And the other truth bomb that Catherine Hardwick dropped yeah. was her talking about just essentially being the director of Twilight and not being taken seriously, but also not getting the same perks to do things Mm. as other directors 
would have been given and largely male directors. One of the things that she actually said is that Twilight was so successful and she said that I don't think that the, you know, the company knew how big it was going to be because Mm. if they did, she was like, I don't think that they would have hired a woman who would have gone to someone else. They've gone to a male action director, for sure. Absolutely. And the other thing that she was talking about, like she did this effectively like a press junket-y kind of thing where it was, well, not a press junket, but it was like one of these things where normally people who are involved in this get given gifts, like extravagant gifts. Mm. (laughs) And she got like a mini cupcake and then was like, thanks for your time, bye. Yeah, pretty much. You're not coming back on the next one. Yeah, exactly. Bye. Bye. Done. Yeah. And she was just like, a cupcake. A small one. I know. Small (laughs) cupcake. It wasn't even a cake. Was it even a cupcake? It was a mouthful. A mini cupcake. mini cupcake. (laughs) But it just does go to show in that idea um, of the power of teenage girls and how – it's so easily dismissed as mm. being just this is this is not important. So we'll get oh, this female you, to direct it. You oh, like this wait. trashy novel? Okay, yeah. we'll make into a movie just for you. Yeah. But you get what you get, and we'll just get any old woman yeah. to do it. You know? <laughs> oh God, this is a money maker. <laughs> Let's shove her aside. Yeah, time and time again, mm. it proves what a force teenage girls are, especially in terms of supporting something or making it big. I.e. Well, if- the Beatles. Yeah, it's a fandom. Exactly. They get into a community. Absolutely. Rally each other up. Yeah. And like, we will support this to the end. Absolutely. And, and then, then people are like, oh, they're just girls. What do they know? It's like, do you want a fan base? Exactly. If you're not appealing to them, yeah. you're not going anywhere career-wise. <laughs> a fan base that will buy your product. Mm. like, And not even, and this is the thing, is like a lot of those young girls don't just go, oh, we'll go to the movie once. They go multiple times. They buy absolutely everything. They go to every cast appearance for anything. It's like they love it. They'll buy the soundtrack. They'll buy the DVD. It's like it's quite lucrative mm. to have the teenage girls on your side. Oh, totally. And, and yet it's, it's like, constantly dismissed. you know, and like the geeks, like the geeks are like, oh no, that's our thing. Like that's what yeah. we do. It's like, no, teenage no. girls are <laughs> doing it all, all the time. They just did it with more mainstream properties that you exactly. didn't like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's just another case of, yeah, but it does actually make me laugh. Just these constant, let's go back to twilight and learn something new while also learning that, oh, we haven't really evolved that much since no. a decade ago, which is kind it's of sad. sad. We yeah. haven't. We haven't. Meanwhile, oh speaking of love stories. The Bachelor. How has that evolved? <laughs> All time first. Did not choose anyone. Nick, Nick Cummins, Cummins. The Honey Badger. Just wasted eight weeks of our lives. I can't imagine how the women on the show Two felt. Two a week. Exactly. And we had to endure severe bullying from three of those girls. I know. For Ooh. at least four weeks. This is the thing. And this is what I was really mad at. And I kind of knew it was coming. Because like last night before the episode mm. had aired... It was one of those things that you look at things and go, actually, considering what happens at the end of every other Bachelor and Bachelorette, because it is quite formulaic. It's formulaic. It's quite set up. You know how the procedure works. It's like, yes, we'll celebrate love with you and then you'll do all your other things. But like Nick Cummins is currently walking the Kokoda track, conveniently out of the country on the debut of the finale. No, uh -uh, that's not going to happen. And the second thing that like set off alarm bells was that they were plugging his interview on the Sunday project with Lisa Wilkinson on Sunday, and I was like, no, 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 it will be, it should be Nick it's and girl, he Nick chooses. and girl on Friday everywhere, yeah. and so I was like, 
why are you waiting till Sunday to do this? Alarm bells. I was like, he's not going to choose anyone. And this is what I think I was so disappointed, even though I had kind of already accepted that this mm. outcome was going to happen. At least I get my $2 back in the sleeps, honestly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is that, and this is what annoyed me. It was not that he didn't choose either of them. It's that he spent the whole season calling girls out for not expressing their feelings towards him. So kicking girls, like not girls, women, kicking women out yep. to be like, a, oh, we haven't had a connection because I don't know where I stand with you. And so these women who obviously Can I just don't... say he's not a great conversationalist Oh, either. my God. <laughs> he's terrible. So how do you get that connection where you're not even really conversing? You're just smiling, nodding, and then you're like... How about we make out because I don't know what to say. And this is the thing is like these women do not want to go on national TV and make dicks of themselves. So just in general life to say to a guy that you barely know, hey, I think I'm falling in love with you is huge. And then have him kick you to the ground. Exactly. And this is the thing is that every time that they made the declarations of love, especially in last night's episode, Mm. Nick never said anything. He just like stuck his tongue down their throat as a, oh, let's kiss now while I don't actually express what my feelings are. Mm. And so this was what was really annoying because right at the end, he's just gone, oh, I'm I'm not ready. Like, I'm not ready for this. I was like, you should have prepared for that before you went on The Bachelor as The Bachelor. Do you think it's because he wanted Brooke in that top two and she walked out? See, in that second is, last episode and his family loved her well and see well. this is the thing mm. is like the drama that could have been added to 10 if he goes I, I, I'm not going to choose either of you I'm going to go to Perth and tell Brooke that I like her but he gave them no he, he gave, gave them, them no he reason he gave no one any reason and that's what was so annoying about it it was just a Oh, I've I've decided not to. Mm. And you knew that it was really pro- – like, this is what was funny. And I think that this is what set off in my head that he ended up with no one, is before the very first episode, he was on the project, as they often do. Because this is what I'm saying. It's very formulaic. The Bachelor or Bachelorette goes on the project before the first episode, and they're like, uh, oh, so did you find love and what's going on? They kind of didn't ask him that question, which I thought was a bit suspicious, but they talked about Sophie Monk and he said something that was like, a, oh, she's still out there, might, you know, might try and hit her up. He said something to along the lines and like I was watching with my roommate and we're both like, wait a second, did he just say that like he's still thinking Sophie Monk is an option when we know that he's going to end up with someone from The Bachelor because this is how it all works? It was very like, mm. oh, this is strange. And then it seems like... I don't like, know if he'll do a girl with Sophie because she wants to settle down stat. Well, and this is the thing. And so that's why it was just so annoying. And I think a lot of Australia were annoyed as well just to be like, you wasted all our time. And we wanted to believe in love and you didn't let us believe in love. No, now we have to deal with Ali. Oh, my God. I'm not watching it. (laughs) (laughs) You do not have to worry, dear friends of this podcast. We are not going to discuss The Bachelorette. going to go into it. It's too much. But, you know, for those eight weeks, we could have watched other things. Exactly. And this is the thing. It's like time is money. (laughs) Ken's going to love it regardless because in terms of their advertising dollars, like people are talking about it. I mean, we're talking about it right now. Mm. They're still getting their viewership that they want. Mm. They would still be hitting their targets, but it's just, it's annoying. Yeah. He just wasted everyone's time. He did. Nick Cummins. How dare you. Yeah. (laughs) Rude. Rude. Very rude. We don't like you. No.
But who do we like? We like Jodie Whittaker, who's going to be the 13th Doctor Who, and it comes out on Monday. Monday morning, 5.45 a.m. on iView. And then later on at 5.55, correct on ABC. Muy correcto. <laughs> and then after that, you can watch <laughs> Rev McManus on ABC Comedy uh, with the Whovians. 7.30. <laughs> um, and the excitement from that, we did Sans it in song. song. <laughs> we did it in song. Wow. Is that? Um, but at your other job, Tali, you got to speak to her. Yes, yes. So I am a producer on ABC Radio and yeah. the Breakfast Program. Um, and obviously, Jodie Whittaker is doing the rounds of, you know, spruiking the media and doing the things. And it's really funny because this is sometimes not that you roll a dice. Like with Tom Hardy before, how we were talking mm. about interviews, is that. These big name celebrities, especially if they've got something out as huge as Doctor Who, is that they are just back to back interviews. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of this like Australian time six to eight window that was allotted. Obviously, we didn't talk to her for two hours, but literally would have been her just doing 10 minute slots back to back. This is the next interview. This is the next interview. This is the next interview. So from a radio perspective, you're always going, get them early because after a while, some people and We've been in interviews where you hear it, where they just sound bored because they've just been repeating the same Same thing over and over over and over over again. Let me tell you, Jodie Whittaker was not that at all. And we kind of got her three quarters of the way through. So it was totally understandable that she could have just been tired and over it. Also, it would have been late in the UK, (laughs) tired and over it. Also, like some actors and actresses just don't like doing publicity but have to go do it. So yeah. could have been over it. But she was not. She was a delight. She was hilarious. She's cracking jokes. And she just gave a real enthusiasm about playing the role of Doctor Who because she's been in like production for nine months. Yeah. And, you know, and it she's takes got up their lives. Oh my goodness. She was talking about like the pages upon pages upon pages of dialogue that they have to that she had to memorize to do all this. Mm. And it's also not just her, you know, walk into a room, read some lines, walk out kind of thing. It's quite action packed. Like mm. she's running around like a crazy person. Who needs a gym when you're on the Doctor Who set? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're just constantly going this whole time. And she was just such a joy and such a delight and it'll be really interesting I think her interpretation of the doctor because the doctor's always been like had a bit of a dark side Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that like Jodie Whittaker's character is not going to be dark but I think that she's just going to bring a lot of joy Mm -hmm. to it because the last one was quite angry and sad like Peter um, Peter Capaldi's well Peter Whittaker (laughs) (laughs) Peter Capaldi's one was quite angry and sad so it would be nice to see that light come back that we kind of got a bit with David Tennant and um, Matt Smith because even Christopher Eccleston's one was quite dark and sad yeah and that's the thing and so she was just such a joy such a delight obviously the question came up as her being the first female Doctor Who Mm -hmm. what's that like and she like very rightly said that Let's be honest, this is, a, you know, a two-faced kind of alien who can play, you know, who regenerates all the time. And she's like, the weird thing isn't that my gender. The weird thing is that I would be human <laughs> in terms of her capacity to play the role. So mm. it was just this really nice, yeah, she's just, she's a delight. We like her. We love her. Cannot and wait now. I know. It's, it's very exciting. So no doubt next week we'll be talking about the. The Doctor Who episode. Yes. Mm. The woman that fell to earth. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. I do love the bit in the trailer where she 
um, is she's in a train or something and there yeah. are these police and they're like, madam, madam. She's like, why yeah. are you calling me madam? Sneaky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm a woman. She's <laughs> like, oh, just half an hour ago, I was a white-haired Scottish woman. <laughs> exactly. Very true. It's so true. But, yeah, it'll be very exciting. Big week. But <gasps> we'll wrap it up there. But, Tali, yes. thank you for joining us on Gaggle of Geeks again. Thank you, Sophie. We'll catch you guys next week for more geeking out, particularly over Doctor Who. I think. Yes, I think that that will be a given. Um, also, uh, on 2SER, Supporter Drive is starting soon, so don't forget to subscribe and become a supporter of the station if you enjoy hearing stuff like this. But till next time, bye! bye.